This week, we answer the question, can you ever have too many ska puns? The answer is yes. Welcome to On the Upbeat. I'm Matt. I'm RJ Phoenix. Sorry for that slight delay, everybody. I'm just uh, really excited, and I got way too into myself thinking in my head <laughs> because we have a very special guest with us today. We do. I'm super excited. Tell them who it is. It's uh, Vinny Fiorello. You may know him from Less Than Jake, Paper and Plastic Records, and soon you will know him from The Inevitables. Uh, welcome to the show, Vinny. Hey, how's it going, man? I... I'm having a decent day now that I'm on the hey. podcast. How about you? You know what? I, I came back from uh, vacation. I was on uh, the east coast of Florida in St. Augustine with family and then uh, came home. I also, side note, threw out my back during that vacation. So um, oh, no. I'm sitting upright in a chair with a aching-ish back. Uh, but you know what? Now I'm doing a podcast with you and we're going to talk about ska and ska punk and that's pretty all right man that's a good way to uh to do a tuesday night (laughs) (laughs) Uh, how are you doing matt i am doing pretty good um over the weekend um the family and i went to the beach and uh we went to in our we're from orange county california and um we went to a dog beach in huntington beach and uh, it's not very crowded because a lot of people don't really want to be around dogs that are off their leash. Because um, it can be a little bit, you know, like, you have to be comfortable with a random dog just running up to you and, like, being in your face if you're sitting <laughs> on the ground or whatever. So you have to be comfortable with that, and some people aren't. So it wasn't super crowded, which loud was great for social distancing. And so it allowed us to be out in the open and out on, you know, a California beach. So, um, yeah, it was a pretty good time hanging out with the family and... And, and random people's dogs. We don't have a dog of our own, so we enjoy other people's dogs. <laughs> so <laughs> Sounds like a That's good great. time, man. It's great. But we but are so, excited to talk to Vinny, and we are yes. excited about the Inevitables. So let's talk. Yeah, how did this whole uh, Inevitables project get going? Well, here's the thing. Uh, so go back a few years, less than Jake was doing some shows in Japan and I, I had an idea and I, you know, jotted it down, you know, kind of like broad stroke jotted down. And originally the idea was the inevitabilities, right? And I wanted Less Than Jake to sort of do a rock opera and every song title would be these things that are uh, inevitable. So it would be like, you know, like a pain or happy or sad or death or whatever. And then we would write a record to that. And uh, we were leaving Japan and we were playing a show in Hawaii. And I remember it distinctly. I, I was having coffee with JR and I was like, you know, I kind of had this epiphany of this idea and I kind of laid it on him and he looked at me and he was like, I, I don't know really what you're talking about. And like, <laughs> and I, I, you know, maybe was a bit too uh, already past the point of explaining it and already past. Uh, the ground floor. Maybe I was already on the fifth floor of the idea, but <laughs> I was like, uh, maybe I think it's it's good, and maybe it's not, or maybe it's too heady, and people don't want to to really kind of em- embrace it. So I 
you know, just left it in a notebook, man. And, and there it was. Uh, until uh, I had stepped away from touring with Less Than Jake, and I was talking with Obi from Westbound Train, and he was, what are you doing? You know, like, you know, got anything? I was like, yeah, dude, you know, and uh, explained to him what I was doing. And uh, he was like, no, no, no. Like, what do you have musically? And I go, you know, I, I don't have anything. I've just been kind of concentrating on doing other things. And he goes, well, well, what do you have? And I go, well, I have this idea from a long time ago. And I threw it on him. He goes, well, do you have any lyrics like that? That could be work for this. That could be part of it. And I go, yeah, man. Like, and I sidebar to all this is I, I always write lyrics. I have, you know, uh, on my phone, even I have per month of lyrics that I've written lines <laughs> and ideas and things like that. So uh, I went, yeah, dude, I, let me get these. So I sent it to him. He called me and goes, dude, there's some awesome stuff here. I know who I'm going to call. And I go, who are you going to call? He goes, dude, Alex from Big D. So he called Alex Stern and said, hey, this is the idea. And we started writing that night, and, you know, uh, sending text messages back and forth. And Alex was demoing his studio at his place. Uh, and it just started to build up. So the musical side of it, of the inevitables, really came together from uh, November to February. Uh but during that time, we, all three of us knew that we, were, we wanted to have a comic book companion to it. So uh, we kept on writing music and kind of honing music. So we had a full length and uh, we met face to face, actually, crazy enough, you know, about a week after uh, Valentine's Day in 2020. And uh, we finished you know, over two and a half days. We finished all the songs kind of, you know, cleaned up everything, and then COVID happened. So uh, it put a whole nother yeah. flex on being able to write it. But to go back to that, we brought in uh, John O'Diener, who was in The Swellers, who's now in Baggage, and he's done some comic books, and he got together with me and Obi, and we worked out the script, and the original idea that I had kind of morphed into a little bit of a different thing. But, you know, I've said it before in other interviews, I love The Inevitables because of the, the collaboration. I'm not trying to micromanage people that we bring in. Uh, we're bringing people in because they have really good track records and really having good ideas, right? So we went, okay, cool. So we brought Jono in. We worked on the script together. But little by little, we brought people in. So we had myself, Obi, Alex, and then we approached after that, uh, Matt Appleton uh, from Real Big Fish, Billy Cottage from uh, Real Big Fish, and then uh, Interrupter is now playing organ. Uh, then John D. from uh, Found the Music Industry and Jeff Rosensock Band. Uh, after that, I mean, we, we really, the, the whole clutch of everything was a singer. And uh, a friend of mine, uh, Sean Paul, he plays in a punk band from upstate New York called Nightmares for a Week. So, uh, we, but we tried out a bunch of other singers that were from kind of bigger ska bands and ska punk bands, but it didn't feel right. It, it needed its own voice, not a voice that people have heard before. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so you know, I'm, I'm talking a lot, but I'm excited about it because 
lifting off an idea like this from from nothing to where now it's you know uh, at Kickstarter and being crowdfunded. We already met two of our goals. We're close to our third goal, and we still have you know, three weeks left to go on this. So for me, I, I'm just excited about it because I get to work with a lot of people that I think are really talented and we get to make songs and do art and do all kinds of other crazy ideas that we haven't announced yet, but it it feels good to be able to do that and stretch my like sort of creative uh, muscle, you know, with a bunch of people. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, the moment I started reading the, the, description on kickstarter i'm like this is the greatest idea ever simply just like i mean because i like comic books and i like the art in comic books and i like ska music so i'm like well clearly this was made for me clearly i have to back this like i would turn to my wife and i was like megan like this this there's i have to like comics and ska music like (laughs) these are two important things to me so i'm sorry i've got to spend some amount of money so yeah i'm i'm super excited for it yeah, I, as soon as I saw, I was like, "Oh, Vinny's doing something with Obi. Cool." I was, uh, I love the Rare Breed Recording Company. I'm in no matter what. And then I see Alex's name. Is like, okay, yeah, this is getting my money right away. We are, we are <laughs> doing this. Like, those are three of my favorite people making music, and uh, I appreciate all of them. And hey, a comic because I also love comics. Um, but we'll get to that in a little bit. I was wanting to know, you know, you have this relationship with Obi doing these this Flexi Desk series before. Like, how did you meet him and start collaborating with him? You know, I first met Obi on Warp Tour, and he approached about doing a Westbound Train 7-inch. Uh, they were still on Epitaph at the time, or Hellcat. Uh, and I said, yeah, you know, I, I really, I love Obi's voice, uh, but such a positive cat like all around and i really enjoy working a working relationship with him even from way 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 back when paper on plastic did the the westbound train seven inch that we did right uh but it's that positivity that makes me want to talk it through and and spend time and and really work and kind of dig in and dig deeper on an idea right because it, it is really true when it comes to people that you work with, there's sometimes where a job feels like a job. And then there's other times where a job just feels like fun and you're hanging out. And when I had been working with Obi on the Westbound stuff for the seven inch for paper and plastic. And then I had an idea of just doing rare breed of just doing ska music. Uh, it, Obi was the perfect conduit to help me, kind of talk to bands and, and be in, in the, the front of that idea. And then it's just from that point, uh, we talked to each other and had talked to each other, you know, a, a month wouldn't go by that. We didn't say, Hey, what's up, you know, send a text or, uh, you know, a phone call. Now it's almost every morning and afternoon and night that I get, uh, you know, we talk it out or text. Nice. And, yeah. uh, since, uh, probably since October of last year. Well, that's very cool. That's a, that's a good relationship to have, actually. Yeah, I mean, you know, and again, it, it's the positivity that, you know, makes you open the door. You know, if he was 
you know, negative or didn't have that like sort of, you know, kind of good energy. You, you, I don't know if I would go down no matter what the idea, no matter how good the idea, I don't think I would open the door if the energy was a bit weird, you know? Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's a good place to be in to realize that you can say yes and no to something based on, um, you know, who you're working with, you know, because sometimes, yeah. sometimes you don't get a choice to who you're working with. You just, <laughs> just got to make that money, right? Um, well, yeah. But the beautiful thing, though, about, you know, making music and doing art and things like that, a lot of times it's just solo, right? You're, yeah. you know, producing whatever art, and you're doing whatever thing, but you're doing it for yourself in your room or, you know, in a studio or, or a garage or a warehouse. And, and that's what you're doing. But it... It's it's a beautiful thing when you can do it with a lot of people and have a common goal and it feels good. Yeah, yeah. So, do we want to listen to this uh, new single from the Inevitables? Yes, let's uh, let's check it out. Sure. Um, it's called Fort Lauderdale, and uh, yeah, we're gonna check it out right now. No destination, I beat up on the dashboard Chasing the coastline, cruising Ocean Boulevard Momentary boom, this one's for us We rule the road, here comes the bus
that's great. I love it. Hell yeah. <laughs> that, that was a lot of fun. I have to, yes. I, I've listened to it like 50 times already, but uh, it's I, it never fails to impress and delight. Yeah, we enjoy awesome. it. Uh, how many tracks do you expect to be on uh, this album? There's 11. There's 11? Awesome. That's yeah. great. And uh, right now, most of them are done. There's a few that need uh, some trombone and some organ. But uh, all the tracks are are recorded. Uh, half of them are finished on the mix side of it. So by the time the Kickstarter is done, uh, the record will also be done and the audio side will be done. Awesome. Nice. nice. So speaking of the Kickstarter, what made you decide to go with that uh, crowdfunding platform? You know what? I, I wasn't really thinking about it at first, but then when you start to kind of put together, okay, we need, you know, X amount of money because everyone has to record in other places. Right. So uh, oh, yeah. when I broke off the, the story where COVID started, uh, there's a point where, you know, we all were going to meet up in, in the Northeast somewhere and we were all just going to record. So you have that one uh, expense at the studio and you kind of do this, but now you have a bunch of people recording at a bunch of studios and you start to go, wow, you know, it, it's going to cost, it's going to cost money, you know, to do this. And then you start to think, well, not only that, but we have other things that we want to do. We want to make sure that it gets put onto vinyl and we want to make sure that the comic book we have and, you know, an artist that we absolutely love. And uh, that starts to add up. And instead of starting from dead, just, you know, starting at a ground zero, me and Obi figured that, you know, starting a tease and then heading into a Kickstarter, then talking, you know, five weeks about the Kickstarter. It's a, a really good way to help market a band that really just is made of other members of bands. Right. So yeah. uh, it, it just it made sense to us after kind of looking at what the budget was going to be and just trying to figure out how to let people know and talk about it uh, without just starting from the ground up going, Hey, this is a band and here it's, it's out or it's coming out here. And uh, we, we landed on crowdfunding and it's made total sense so far. Yeah. Yeah. It, it seems, yeah, it seems completely logical. It works as like a promotion for the thing before it drops and it helps you, you know, meet your needs. So, yeah makes sense yeah and and it's just a, it's a, a pre-warm to what you would see when a record gets marketed in a traditional sense right. after the kickstarter ends because we still have you know it'll probably the record will come out vinyl everything it'll come out in october so it'll end kickstarter ends in the top of september and then the record will be out at the end of October. So that gives us two months to traditionally market the way that you would think, you know, right. it's here's a uh, single that's going to premiere at this music site. And here's 
a video that's going to be out and and all the other things that you think that you think of when uh you think of a, a record coming out from a band so what are some of the uh rewards for the kickstarter well I mean, we have everything the digital side where it would be the digital music and the digital comic. But then we have uh, the comic itself, a vinyl record that is all colored vinyl now because we reached our goal. Uh, we have uh, we are unlocking a variant cover uh, done by Brian Ewing, uh, who is an amazing print and poster artist from that point. We have shirts that you can that are in different bundles, but then you get into more uh, kind of weirder bundles where me and Obi and Alex help you write a song. Me and Obi and Alex help you uh, kind of fine tune an idea and go through a marketing and kind of collaborate on whatever it is you want to bring to uh, from your brain to wherever. Right. So it, I think it's a fun thing, but again, we haven't even got to some of the better things, not the better, but fun things uh, <laughs> they are coming up. And when we unlock the next set of things at 30,000 and we're at 28,600 roughly. Oh, wow. So we're about 1400 away from unlocking that next set of things super cool and fun things i'm excited to only get to that point to to jump into it awesome so you've mentioned that that there's this comic component to it like what got you interested in comics as an art form i mean that that goes back you know forever ago right so for me that's you know when you're younger and when i was younger uh comics meant the world to me you know, and it brought me into a different world reading it. And some of some of those worlds were heavier. Right. But yeah. it wasn't until so I read uh, my brother had two comics uh, that were off limits to me. So, of course, they're forbidden <laughs> fruit. I'm going to have to 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 get them. So one was the flaming carrot and uh, the other yeah. one was Watch, and the other one was Watchmen. And hmm. for me. Uh, Watchmen, it, it shook me to the core, right? Uh, it, it got me thinking that sometimes good guys are also bad guys, and sometimes bad guys are good guys. And that blew me away. And to, to this day, it's when I read, uh, it was a, a frame, and it was spray-painted on a wall, and it said, who watches the Watchmen? Yeah. And that, that premise blew my mind so ever since that it's like encoded in me you know there's a comic book shop i'm gonna go in there and i'm gonna flip through it you know flip through you know what catches my eye on the cover some things i'm gonna go into and go look at uh whether that be uh, you know the umbrella academy uh from uh gerard way that that That's to me book. was was blowing me away you know yeah. or uh four kids walk into a bank by matt rosenberg that also the premise of it you know uh it's heavy and it it automatically pushed me to want more and even with paper and plastic i wrote and released and published on that side story song and that which was a series about 
taking a song lyric and making it into frames of a comic and a short comic. Uh, I did phone call and phone call is about uh, addiction and, and not really remembering uh, the night before, but knowing that something bad happened, but you just don't know how bad it is. So uh, I, I flirted with the ideas of comics before and I've published and produced some, I've wrote some, but this is the first real sort of idea that it's going, okay, it's not just going to be a one-off here. The story arc, we're going to start with issue one with a soundtrack and we're going to, we're planning on the arc of the story. So it's exciting for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big, big comics fan. And so when I saw that this was part of the component to the whole inevitables uh, thing that's going on that you're, you're creating here, uh, I was, that was even more of a hook for me. Um, yeah, you know, I know the guys at my local. They see me coming in. They know to pull like anything Doom Patrol for me like immediately. Uh, <laughs> oh, um, but uh, so so I mean, is do you have like a specific kind of like comic that you like, or what some of your favorites are besides what you've already mentioned, or is it just doors open? I'll see what grabs me, kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I I am a fan of everything from. Again, go to a, a, another Matt Rosenberg uh, written one, but uh, he did Hawkeye recently, and I, I kind of went after that on a whim, knowing what the character was already, but he, how he wrote it and sort of the arc, it was awesome, and it still is awesome. <laughs> but kind of can go into anything, and, and you know, if I walk into a comic shop, I'm a very sort of, cover leaning person anyway so i'll go in and i'll like kind of you know scan if something catches my eye i don't know what it is i'll jump in and kind of check it out you know so <laughs> uh i like you know genre wise horror comics uh big thing for me kind of gritty sci-fi stuff i like that too nice have you read black uh black science by rick remender i have not it's a good sci-fi book. Really good. It just wrapped up, so everything's in trades now. Awesome. That's great. It, yeah, I suggest it. If you have time, which doesn't sound like you do. You're too busy trying to finish an album. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, it's, it, it's crazy because uh, for me, I knew last year uh, around May uh, that what I wanted 2020 to be on a creative side, so I had been writing a novel and then I kind of stopped on there because I had some second thoughts and I jumped in uh, 2019 in June and I did a story a day and uh, that wound up coming out June 24th. Uh, it's called 619. It's 30 short stories uh, that I wrote last year during the month of June. Uh, but beyond that, it's, I knew what I wanted 2020 to be visually uh and sort of creatively and that's the arc i've been on you know pandemic be you know be damned and <laughs> you know crazy sort of uh balancing on armageddon be damned uh i had made up my mind you know it's a uh, new band you know with comic uh uh short stories book out new novel finishing uh and i I'm doing it, man. Like, and in, in, in there's first between doing a lot of other things, but 
I'm doing that specifically. I, I, that was the arc I wanted, and that, that's what I'm sort of going into headlong. Yeah, sounds awesome. Nice. That's, that's rad. Yeah. It, it's a fucking crazy year, though. I have to be <laughs> honest, man. Like, yeah. I, never, I never thought that we'd be in a pandemic. I never thought that, you know, uh, we're on the precipice of, of everything, the end, you know? Uh, right. <laughs> and there's right. some people that, that, you know, kind of talk it through. Uh, the crazy earth thing on top of all that, not to give everything away, but uh, the inevitable is basically uh, the gist of it. Uh, there's a group of nobodies and they're tasked in uh, 40 days. The world is going to end and oh, wow. they're tasked with uh, stopping the, the chain of events that uh, will cause the end of world. So a lot of the lyrics are about the end of the world. A lot of the imagery and headspace are about the world ending and God damn it, it's it, it could be the soundtrack for for 2020. And <laughs> I, I I kid you I kid you not, it, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, um, I was actually watching. There's this um, show on Netflix. It's called Medical Police, and it was that a show's great. It was a spinoff of um, this Children's Hospital. Children's Hospital that was like a. Uh, what was it? Comedy Central Adult show. Adult Swim. Adult Swim. That's yeah. what it was. And so, like, but in the, I was watching it, and I was like, I know this came out before like uh, coronavirus had spread the way it has. This it came out in, like in early, early twenty twenty, and all of a sudden I'm watching it now, like, oh, because it's about this virus that like just spreads and spreads and spreads. And like I don't want to give the like the ending away, even though it's a comedic show and the plot doesn't really matter. But like, <laughs> you see all these like connections to like things going on, like arguments within the CDC of standards of what's, it, and you're just sitting here going, okay, well uh, apparently th- did these people have some insight when they were writing this script? Like to re- <laughs> like it. Basically, my point is silly isn't silly anymore right <laughs> like because everything yeah. all these these things have just sort of come true and now it's sort of weird and scary so it's but you know uh music is. music is a great sort of uh peacemaker and unifier so uh you know calms a lot of spirits so hopefully we'll find some hope uh knowing uh yeah, you know, less than jake lyrics that you've written before i'm sure there will be lots and lots of hope I, I, if there's anything that I could be crowned king of, that's uh, the light at the end of a very dark tunnel lyric content. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm and I'm okay with that that uh, that idea and that sort of uh, lyrical way to it. And I, to be honest with you, it's that there's a point where there's so much coming at you, and I have really bad anxiety, and I suffered from really bad depression before and the only thing that come, makes me come out of it and it's you have to literally let yourself go and you have to be as buoyant as possible to not get taken under and i'm using that metaphorically right but uh you gotta let the light in man and the light makes you buoyant and i'm not here to try to convince anyone otherwise but music saved my life 10 times over music has saved people's life 
hundreds of times over that I know about, you know, that people have emailed or pulled me over to the side and said, this is what it is. And I've read an interview and I've heard you speak about X, Y, about, you know, music, you know, not only being an anchor sometimes to keep you in place uh, and, and, and sort of, uh, shelter from the storm about it right uh but also you know music has that ability to make you rise above the dark cloud and and i'm a firm believer in all of that man and and i think that's the beautiful thing about music and that's a beautiful thing about reggae music and ska music and ska punk music here's the thing that is so inherently happy and buoyant even when it's attached to the darkest of all lyric you right. could still rise above with it yeah i mean honestly that's why i fell in love with ska music is simply for that reason alone because when ska came, when ska came around in you know the the mid 90s at least in popular culture for for a guy like me which is how i heard about it because it was on k-rock and stuff um so but um for me like i didn't gravitate towards grunge because grunge just seemed all a downer (laughs) but i liked that sort of like pessimistic optimism that exists within ska you know this (laughs) pessimistic like lyrical content but this optimistic sound and that's always what attracted me to ska and so yeah um so obviously 2020 being what it is (laughs) um so this question may sort of have different meaning depending on how the world goes but um do you foresee, do you plan on there ever being a live performance of The Inevitables? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were we were planning on it before COVID. Now we just sort of have to wait until, until uh, anyone can play live music again, right? right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you know, we're, we're definitely planning on it. Uh, we had planned on it. We were going to do a record release show or shows. And now that kind of got shelved, but there's other things for bands to do. And we're planning those and not to be ambiguous in that answer, but you know, (laughs) again, we have have a few, we have a few cool things that are planned that we haven't announced yet. And I think people will be stoked and, and it's of the moment kind of. And, uh, I'm hoping, though, to go back to to answer more directly, I'm hoping that uh, live music can come back and not only come back, but come back stronger. And in that headspace, in that time, I hope that the Inevitables can do shows. Yeah, awesome. Hopefully that'll happen. Obviously, live music returning would be just the most awesome thing in the world for a lot of people. (laughs) (laughs) Not only job-wise, obviously that's a big thing for a lot of people. Um, and, but for those of us who just want a place to go to dance <laughs> and have a good time, most people probably know this, um, but you are no longer, uh, playing in less than Jake. I actually did meet, talk to someone a couple weeks or like a week ago that did not know that. And they are well aware of ska music. So maybe some people don't. Um, so you're no longer playing in less than Jake. So what led to you no longer touring with less than Jake? You know, it, it was all it was all family based. Uh, as a daughter, and uh, she's turning nine in September. But uh, when I decided, uh, you know, against touring, 
uh, I was coming off a injury that was to my right foot and ankle, and I was at the end of a, a six-month run of shows. Mm, and yeah. my headspace was just in an extremely terrible place. My body was broken. My brain was broken. And my spirit was broken. And I, I knew that I had to pull back and support the people that support me. And that's my family. And be there yeah. for them. And yeah. not only be there for them, but really be there for them not just two weeks at a time not three weeks at a time and then three weeks gone but really really try to ingrain myself into a daily life and and be the person that uh, that i was part-time and but make it full-time you know the 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 real headspace on it and the real inner dialogue is you know when i'm 60 and I look back and I have a grown daughter now. Can I really look at it and go, yeah, like I, I helped truly craft this person that I'm looking at. Uh, and ultimately, I decided that I, I wasn't indeed doing that and that I needed to do that. Mm-hmm. I needed to be a better dad, a better husband, a better friend. And that's what I, I, I set out to do. And I, I think I've done that in the last year and a half yeah so that that happened around 2018 correct when you stepped away yeah I, I, so right at the end of uh I, I knew what was going on at the end of uh board pro okay right somewhere oh wow yeah yeah um <clears throat> so i was uh i was talking to someone else about i don't know we, we talk a lot scott on this podcast a lot obviously because it's a scott <laughs> podcast but my point being we're most of the time when we talk about ska, we, we when we refer to '90s ska, we always talk about how sort of like it died in '99 or how it sort of just faded away from pop culture. Um, however, Less Than Jake had their most sort of like their biggest album for the most part, their most notoriety um, come with anthems from 2003. Uh, why do you think even though ska music at that time was sort of fading away from pop culture, why do you think that album broke through when others didn't? You know, I think that was just the time for less than Jake, right? Uh, I, we, during the nineties, big push of ska where it was in popular culture, uh, there was like a zaniness to it, you know, and people liked sort of that, that okay we have the the suit on and there's scooters and there's checkerboard or there's hawaiian shirts and everybody's up and it's a big party but listen jake never followed into that that headspace mm-hmm. listen jake we always drag you know this sunshine on one hand and this dark cloud in the other right right and we never for we never went oh well now that it's popular and ska's like this, we have to change how we look and, and what we do to make it fit that mold. I mean, mind you, if we did, we probably would have had more of that success at radio or MTV when that wave was happening. But we went on our merry way, man. And, and as people became, you know, looked at ska's, this is a joke. This is, you know, uh, something that we can't get behind because we're older now. 
And that happens to all pop culture, by the way, not mm-hmm. just ska, right? True, yeah. uh, absolutely. But, but for me, I, I it just it was uh, Anthem was a was a record that we had, you know, thirty songs written for that we whittled it down to what's on the record art you know piece of art for every song that's on there of really really great and up and coming and now in some cases famous artists that looks uh, so good we too. had rob caballo on board with us who did green day and uh, my chemical romance and go down the line uh it was just it was our time it was a, a a wave that was coming that crashed and it was that point that was our that was our point it came three years after four years after uh, the popularity of ska, but it came. Right. Yeah. And obviously I think, uh, that album and pretty much all lesson Jake is not the typical nineties ska, like, you know, with sort of like, you know, uh, long opening horn lines. Um, it's uh, obviously it has lesson Jake is leans more to the punk side of even ska punk. Right. Of course. Yeah, so I think, of course. and punk was still a very relevant thing at that time. Uh, so yeah, it it does make a lot of sense. But I was just sort of like noticing that it that just seemed interesting. I was looking up something. It, it, was, it was a it was a it was a heavy record though, man. Lyrically, it was a heavy record, right? You know, it was about divorce and addiction and depression and like it was just heavy, dude. Like you know, escape from the A bomb house and and. You know, that's why they call it a union and science is selling yourself short. I mean, lyrically, that was, it was, you know, it was heavy, man. Right, like, right. you know, and I, I was, you know, really dredging the bottom of my barrel spiritually to get those lyrics. Yeah. And, uh, but the music again was, was anthemic punk and, uplifting ska punk and it, it was such a cool dichotomy that anthem this was still one still my favorite less than jake record for songs yeah Mine oh too. it's a fun one yeah it's a great record um so knowing what you know now uh what would you say to your 20 year younger self about being in a band that maybe you'd, you know, sort of advice that you'd even give bands now, sort of looking back? Yeah, I mean, it's simple for me. It's enjoy, enjoy, enjoy being in a band, right? For what it is. Yeah. Uh, There's time for bands to be business, and there's time for bands to sort of come together on a musical level, a spiritual level, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. But there's also times for people in bands to just enjoy being in a band. And I, I, I needed more of that. And I think, I think that like, and I'm not talking about, Oh, we're partying and all this. I'm just talking about being with your brothers and sisters, creating music, having people enjoy that music, the energy that happens from the stage to the crowd, the crowd to the stage. Like, that's what I mean by the enjoyment. Enjoy music. Enjoy the moment that there's 5,000 people or 500 people or 50 people even <laughs> screaming the lyrics back at you. Yeah. Singing it, dancing it, feeling it. 
do. Like you have to enjoy being in a band more. And I, I, I would say that to myself if I could, and I would say it to anyone that's in a band right now. Enjoy the moment. Enjoy being in a band. Don't let all the other things become the anchors and become the weights that make you sink, right? But again, going back 360, music's there to make you to rise up and rise above the dark clouds and makes you, it's made to make you feel buoyant. You know, even the biggest wave sucking you under, music gives you that push to come up back to the surface, right? So enjoy yourself and enjoy the moment. That's great advice. And and I do want to give you credit for doing that on stage um the first time i ever saw less than jake was i think the 1997 warped tour in chicago where it rained so they shut down like all the side stages and you were one of two of the bands that played on that side stage and you guys brought it it was you, you amazing know, you know what the other band that played sugar yeah, ray was, yeah <laughs> yeah i was there man i saw it all <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And I'd been going to shows ever since then, whenever you guys would come near the Midwest, and even since I've moved to L.A., always, always a good show. Um, you were always with the band when I saw them, so I, I feel comfortable saying that. And, yeah, you practice what you preach, my friend, and you always brought it on stage, and you always gave the uplift to everybody in the crowd. That, that's what that's what music's for, man. And and mind you, it's, a, it's a, my brothers in less than Jake. It's like all of them showmen great great people great musicians uh and th- that chemical that chemical that happens that reaction i mean it's beautiful when that happens man and i'm sure that still happens and i haven't seen the band play live uh without me but i mean dude the, the music is there and set in stone and has so much uh memory and emotion related to it for so many people that you know, you show up and it doesn't matter who's playing the drums. You're losing yourself in the moment. The first time you heard Johnny Quest or, you know, the <laughs> first time you're driving in your car and you played, you know, Skip from the A-Bomb House on repeat until, like, you got over whatever you were going going through and yeah. you went back home and you talked it out with whoever. And those are those are the important memories of people that show up and that I've heard time and time and time and time and time again. Your music meant so much to to me because of this, and every time I hear it, it's not. I never have it fall on deaf ears. Every time someone has said it to me, I keep it with me forever because I think that's the important thing. Yeah, awesome. That's great. So, um, Vinny, we thank you for joining us. Uh, before we, of course, uh, head out, we'll do uh, Scott picks of the week. But also, where can people find you online? on social media well, on social media i really uh you know only ch- i chose one uh and then i let it pretty much uh forward to the rest but instagram is my my uh my choice of social media poison and that would be wonderland war and wonderland is w-u-n-d-e-r-l-a-n-d-w-a-r and come hang out i do a bunch of toys and I, you know, released, you know, uh, a book. I'm going to release another book in early 2000, uh, yeah, 2021. Uh, there's an inevitables ride that's just starting and come hang out, man. See pictures of my family and my dog and, 
me hanging out, <laughs> probably making a margarita. So uh, that's what social media is for, right? Uh, yeah, so, exactly. Uh, yeah, come hang out, come give a follow. That'd be awesome. So we will, of course, link to that and all the other places uh, that Vinny has stuff going on. Most importantly, of course, right now is the inevitable. So we'll link to that in the show notes, so you can find it there. And of course, you can find it on our Facebook and Instagram. We'll have all sorts of links and places you can find stuff. All right, so let's jump into Scott picks of the week before we head out. Vinny, why don't you tell us about your Scott pick? Uh, my Scott pick is a band from the UK. Uh, Call me Malcolm, and. The song is fitting, I think, for for the conversation we just had, but also <laughs> of 2020. Uh, there's no I in Apocalypse would be the, the song that uh, would be my pick. And they're a great band. If, if you're not sort of hip to that, they remind me uh, a little bit of, I don't know if anyone would know it or not, but they remind me of Animal Chin, uh, which later turned into stereo, but... Mm. Uh, Animal Chin mixed with a little bit of Less Than Jake mixed with a little bit of Streetlight Manifesto and it's catchy and complicated and raw and melodic and it's everything uh, a young Scott Punk band should be. All right. So there it is. Probably not big ups. <laughs> so we will check out that song right now. I think I'm shaking and I'm broken to the core of my bones. I think I lost myself somewhere and I want to go home. I very, very, very much love uh, this band, and uh, they're definitely yeah. one of my new favorites of the last few years. <laughs> uh, I'm enjoying them so much. Um, so my pick is um, by the band Kill Lincoln. They just released a new album um, just this last Friday. Uh, called oh, so good. It is so good. It's not called so good. <laughs> It's called <laughs> um, Can't Complain, and uh, my pick off of that album is called um, Civil Surgery, and we're going to check it out right now. <laughs>
yes, I love this album so much, and that uh, is pretty much, I think, my favorite song on the record. Um, I don't even know how you narrowed it down to one. I trust me. I was like, can my ska pick of the week be the entire album? I mean, it's it's not su- it's not super long, so it is ska punk. So most of the songs are pretty short. Um, but yes, I yes, I love it so much. Um, RJ, why don't you tell us about your pick? So over on 23 Minutes of Ska, right now I'm trying to do a thing where I'm basing episodes off some of my favorite comics. And I've done that for the last two weeks, and I'm doing that for this week. And it's making me go back and read like old trades of some of my favorite comics. And this week I've been rereading Hectic Planet by Evan Dorkin. And there, it's like a sci-fi. Yeah, he's he's a cool guy, too. He's actually been nice to me on Twitter when I've talked to him, which is always the case with other people. Uh <laughs> You, I, you know, let me interject real quick and then go with your go pick. And I'm sorry for for interrupting, but Do milk it. and cheese to me, when I was in college and I found milk and cheese, and then subsequently looked deeper into to Evan, uh, he, he was the reason why I started collecting Pez, and oh. like <laughs> later later become later later became you know why Pezcorv. You know, his name Pescor. Yeah. You know, it's Evan Dork in that point of an artist just influenced early ska punk music, that third wave mm-hmm. that was coming uh, oh, yeah. massively. And so my reason for a, my love of fish, my continued love of Fishbone is from <laughs> Evan Dorkin as well. So kudos to him. Kudos to you for mentioning uh, Evan Dorkin. Sorry to interrupt. You. No, no, he's, totally he's one of my top guys like him and mike allred and grant morrison are like my three top like comic go-to's like i'll always check whatever whatever they're doing out anyway that's a long-winded way to say i was reading <laughs> hectic planet and there's a lot of uh like madness and bim scala bim references in that book and so i started listening to madness and i just really wanted for my scott pick to be a house of fun by madness Back in the day, 70s, late 70s Scott action. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> well, Vinny, thanks for joining us this week. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Also, listeners, before we head out, we have a couple things we want to make you aware of. One being that 
for the next two weeks, we won't have any new episodes. Basically, my kids are going back to school and with this whole COVID thing and sort of distance learning being very new to all of us, I want to take some time to focus on the kids. And also, we do like to take breaks from time to time because if we did this 52 weeks out of the year, we'd go crazy. Um, so we like <laughs> breaks and end of summer. But we will be back um, with a new episode on September 2nd. And we're coming close to our one-year anniversary, so we got some stuff planned out for that. But RJ also has something to talk about. Yeah, so next week, if you can't get your fill enough of me talking, uh, I will be appearing on a podcast called This I Know with Josh and Joe. Uh, I, I'm going to be talking about podcasting and ska, and... It will be fun. They're both old friends of mine. In fact, both of them were in my old band, and they've started a podcast lately, and they asked me to be on it. I'm not sure if I'm going to be going by RJ, my actual name, or my old stage name. That remains to be seen. I, I, <laughs> I record it later this week, and it'll be out after that. So, yeah, if, if you want something to listen to, check out This I Know with Josh and Joe next week, because I will be the uh, guest on it. Awesome. Sounds great. Yeah. Everyone, thanks for hanging out with us, listening to this week's episode, and until next week, uh, keep listening to Ska. You've been listening to On The Upbeat. The On The Upbeat theme music is written and performed by Millington. Make sure you follow them on Instagram at Millington the Band. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at On The Upbeat Ska. Be sure to check out our Spotify playlist, Ska Favorites. It features all the songs heard on the show. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. If you would like to support On The Upbeat financially, visit www.ko-fi.com slash On The Upbeat. Thanks for listening and supporting On The Upbeat.